you know it. There's such a lot of living to do. They're sassy, sexy, spunky, witty, and best of all, opinionated. They are the girlfriends. And now here are Shelly, Whitney, and Shauna. Hi, and welcome to the girlfriends. Hi, everyone. Hi. Hello, girlfriends. Still a happy new year. Still a happy new year. Still I'm, a happy new year. I'm Whitney Lasky and want to start this all over again. Okay. Wish I could come up with that a better. Was, I like what you just oh, did. did. Okay, well, then I guess we'll just leave it. Hey. It's good. Okay. I got it. Welcome to the Girlfriends. I'm Whitney Lasky, and I'm here with Girlfriends Shauna Murray and Shelly MacArthur Furley. Hi, everybody. Happiest New Year. We're still happy. Happy, happy. We've had some pitfalls, but we're still we're still happy. So, watching uh, the Golden Globes, right? I uh, and while I was sitting there, you know, writing notes and addressing invitations for your show, which I'm so excited about. Um, if you are in the Chicagoland area, please do come. It's going to be an incredible evening. We're flying in. And we are flying in. And uh, the name of the show is What Is This Thing Called Love? Starring our very own Shelley MacArthur. And uh, with special guests Roderick Dixon and Alfreda Burke. Yay. And uh, Rich Daniels, City Lights Orchestra. Um, did you say there's going to be... Uh, a choral component? Yes, and there is a choral component. Uh, the Lakeside Singers that are absolutely fabulous. It is a very, very exciting show. I am so happy to be doing it. I have the most talented people that are surrounding me. Um, the musical director is... Actually, I have several. I have two very accomplished pianists, Bradley Williams, who is... Um, a celebrated jazz pianist and also Matt Long who is a celebrated lyric pianist and so we're doing a real crossover show I think that it's going to be extraordinary so bring your loved ones bring your friends you don't have to bring a husband your special partner your special partner a girlfriend whomever you'd like even your children I mean it's it's going to be an extraordinary night and we're having lavish hors d'oeuvres and champagne will be flowing. It's not, you're not going to want to miss it. So. I, I know that I've, I've told you this before, but um, to our friends out in girlfriend land, I'm so proud of you. I, I just you. think that, Thank you. you know, and it's something that we often talk about or dream about or think about. But, you know, Shelly is extraordinarily talented. Um, Thank you. In any genre of music, and and the, the show, you know, her your, with her voice, she's extraordinarily talented. I mean, the, you know, <laughs> oh thanks. Um, but both on like the operatic stuff, Thank and you. you know, the the jazz stuff, and I just, I think it's wonderful. It's a wonderful message for our girlfriends to know, um, and it's always been really, you know, special for me to see you pursue your dream. Thank and, you. you know, to be a person, to be a woman who started, you know, having this gift. That's right. But not being able to really be the kind of mom you'd want to be or the kind of spouse you'd want to be, um, you know, if you pursued your career and putting that on hold um, and then just coming back and, you know, I think your voice is better than ever. Oh, Whitney, I do thank too. you so much. That's so, you know, that's a whole story in itself because, um, you know, start, I, I've always sung. I've sung all my life as a child and then professionally singing maybe 25 years ago. Um, but I had been trained classically. 
But once I had gotten out of college, to sing classically was very minimal unless you had gone into the opera genre. So I got picked up by a fellow by the name of Bill Allen, who I'm still very thankful for today, who's no longer with us. But he owned a club here in uh, he owned a club in Chicago called the Gold Star Sardine Bar, which was part owned by Bobby Short. And so I started singing jazz, and I started learning through him about all the great uh, American songwriters, Cole Porter and George Gershwin, and every songwriter, Stephen Sondheim, and all of these great writers. And we started interpreting this music, and I started performing it, and I had the good fortune of being able to perform with Bobby Short, who is no longer with us. So to those two gentlemen, I owe a lot to. Could I ask you a question? You had, a, I mean, you were a mom. You had two little kids at home, right? Single mom. What, how did, did you know Bill as, like, you know, that he, did he know you from singing around the piano at Christmas parties, or how did he? That's no. No, actually, that happened through a publicist, and her name is Debbie Silverman, and she knew that I had sung, and I used to sing with our very wonderful photographer, Steve Starr. He was a director and a producer, and he used to produce shows, uh, in the city of Chicago, and because I can only imagine, like having a friend, be like, "I really, be- you know, you've got to do this. I really believe in you," and being a single mom, and you know, thinking, "Well, I can't," do, you know, do you know, I mean, I, that really must the, have been a leap of faith. I know I, I had always sung. I was in musicals, and I was singing through high school. I sang in college, again classically voiced. I went to an all-girls school, Stevens College in Missouri, and they had a, a phenomenal um, voice department and then I just started doing plays and so forth here in in the city of Chicago and Debbie Silverman who was a national publicist who handled Bobby Short and Tony still handles Tony Bennett and handles a lot of people in that genre knew that about me and was also a friend and she introduced me to Bill Allen Bill Allen had an incredible faith in me and he built a persona he just built a persona. He dressed me. He he would tell me, you know, wear this, sing this, do this, don't do that. And it, it all kind of worked its own course. And, of course, I was only singing jazz then. But my true love and my true passion was singing opera. And I studied with a lyric soprano by the name of Eileen Deneen, who was a very famous soprano who has just recently passed away in the last two years growing up and in high school and that was such a gift to me because my grandmother was an opera singer but I just shelved it time went on I got married I had two children I had to I couldn't do all the things and I just kind of tabled it but anytime the chips were down I went back to my singing until about 10 years ago And 10 years ago, I thought, hey, you know what? This is ridiculous. I'm going to start pursuing my career. I had so many naysayers. Did I have something to do with that? Yes. Yes, you did. My sister. I used to always come back because I would always be the one to hear Shelley singing in the shower, all around the house, all the time in her musicals. And I used to always think, God, if I had that voice, I would just be, I would be doing something with it. And I used to always tell Shell got to do something with your voice you've got to do it just sing just keep singing go ahead well the interesting thing was I've always studied voice I never stopped studying voice and I've had a 
really extraordinary voice teachers. But I would just like to say to to all the women out there, and I'm I'm really um, pointing this towards the women, not so much towards girls that are in college or what have you, but to women that are our age or even slightly younger. There were so many people that said, Shelly, you can't possibly start singing again because look at your age. How can you do that? You've got children. You've got your husband. You've got this. Right. It was a difficult, it was, it was difficult because it was a tremendous transition for my family, which it truly was. Tremendous transition for my mother because I was always making decisions for my mother. And I had to really back away from doing a lot of those things. And I'm still evolving. I'm still not doing Each everything time. I want. But, but so what's happened now is this is kind of coming full force full circle now so this particular show that I'm doing the reason that I am so thankful and grateful to do this show is that I am doing all of me in this show I am doing my classical trained voice Ooh, that would be a great name for the show I am doing all of also me. I am doing um, my jazz which I've done for many many years as I had said that I had worked at the Gold Star Sardine Bar and this show I have expanded my repertoire, and I thought, I'm doing it all. And so I am so thankful, and I've also had tremendous support from Rod Dixon, who is a lyric tenor. Fabulous. And and Elfrida, his wife, who, by the way, if Wonderful. you're in the Chicago area, are doing a show this weekend at the Auditorium Theater, Too Hot to Handle. They have a 100-piece orchestra, a 150-piece choir. It is an event. So I highly suggest you going. It's Saturday night and it's Sunday afternoon at three o'clock. You will be tremendously moved. Um, it is truly a movement in jazz and gospel and to celebrate our Martin Luther King Day. And it's absolutely something you should do. Your whole family will enjoy it. Back to Shelley's show. Yeah. Uh, that is Valentine's Day and uh, it will be at the Murphy Auditorium. If you're interested, and finding out more and purchasing tickets, you can call 312-386-8921, or you can visit uh, the Joffrey Ballet at www.joffrey.org/love. Um, but back to yeah, I, I just yeah, I, I really I, I really just think that you are inspirational because you know what you didn't listen to the naysayers, and we never love know. Them where inspiration is going to come from. Do you know what? I have to say, it, it was, and there were a lot. There were a lot. So I, I want to really make it clear to women to follow your passion. And your passion somehow comes out. It just, it comes out because you can't hold it in. It could be, like, I'm sitting here with the girlfriends right now. These two girls are so multi-talented in in the direction that they go, in throwing parties, in their design tastes, and you you follow your passion, and somehow it evolves. It truly evolves. And when you're ready, teachers, what's that saying, that when the student is ready, the teacher comes to you? And that is true. When you're ready to really take that step, I really think people start coming into your life. 
that are the right people. And even, I, I think even with our own show here, uh-huh. you know, we weren't allowed to tell anybody about the show because um, the, the gentleman and our mentor uh, for Web Talk Radio, who owns webtalkradio.net, our wonderful Brad Saul, um, you know, he's like, until you guys absolutely don't stink, please don't tell anybody that you're doing this. <laughs> so it, it's only been since, you know, the, the first of the year here that he's like, oh, you can start to tell people. And, you know, it, it already just the validation of him saying to us, That's like, right. you know what, you girls can do this, you know, keep, you know, going for it. And, you know, it's it really to have inspiration from an unexpected source and support from an unexpected source like that. Um, it's just wonderful. And it helps us move it's forward. And I had a, a gentleman come up to me. He's uh, in charge of uh, the deliveries for, for the grocery store. And he said, you know, I know you don't remember me. I was an intern, but I worked um, for your agent. And this was many, 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 many years ago. And he said, how come you're not acting anymore? And I said, oh, you know, I just, you know. A million different reasons. A million different reasons. And, you know, he, he said, well, you know, if you ever need any help, you know, I'd really love, you know. Well, that was like three months ago. And then I saw him the other day, and he said, you know, I know exactly what you're thinking. He's like, it, but I really do want to help you, you know. And I said, well, I just don't know how to start. You know, I just don't know how, what the first step is. You know, like, I wouldn't even know. You know, I thought perhaps being, you know, I'm on the board of a theater now, and I thought, oh, that would be it. And you know what? They don't want to, they don't want a board member in their acting classes. <laughs> no, <laughs> they want, they want money. <laughs> um, so it just, you know, you know it, it just comes from unexpected places. It comes from, you know? you know what? I have to tell you, once you put it out in the universe, like just by you saying that, Whitney, and you put it out in the universe, people start coming into your life. I've had so many, I'm so thankful to the, I mean, Ken Price was an extraordinary angel to me. Uh Grace Berry, another extraordinary person. When she first, when I had come out, and I hadn't sung for 10 years because when I married my husband, we were busy. He was a CEO, we were traveling here and there and he just didn't see it in the picture at the moment. Grace Berry came up to me and she had asked me if I would sing and that they wanted to do a benefit for the Joffrey Ballet and that they would do a benefit. And I gave her at least 50 reasons why I could not do it. (laughs) Because, you know, I had not sung, I had been, and I just gave her 50 reasons. She said, Shelly, it's a year from now. Then I started thinking, wow, a year from now, okay. I had picked up the phone, I had called Bradley Williams, who has been my long friend and musical director and I said Brad he was like whoa where have you been boom we started a show and from that moment on things started happening I had angels that came and I call them angels but people Rich Daniels Ken Price Ashley Weeder John Tavison Gerald Arpino Grace Bear you know people started coming into my life that were involved in the field that started helping me but it's so I guess my message is, don't keep it locked up, you know, start saying it. Mm, And you know, spread the word, start saying it. And you know, Whitney, really, you know, never too late. I'm saying, you know, it just, you never, you know, you never know. And just thinking about, you know, New Year's and, and the sister wives, the three of us were together with our families for New Year's. And, you know, the thing I kept coming back to is like, I'm glad that 
you know, we had the gift of Brad through Shauna, really, of, of, of giving us this show to do and saying, you know right. what, you girls can do it. And, you know, so that was something that I thought, well, I might not have lost the 40 pounds I wanted to lose last year, but I am doing the girlfriends, and I feel really good about <laughs> that. Do you know the interesting you know what, that's thing is? But I'm sorry. The inter interesting thing is the three of us really came together for a reason. And, you know, there's a I lot agree. of people in a lot of different cities. Mm -hmm. But so what was the common denominator that attracted all three? You know, there's a lot of beautiful women. There's a lot of really friendly women. There's a lot of society women. I don't think there are a lot of you know, beautiful no, but I'm women who are in, in... I don't think there are a lot of women who are real, like but, who are really just No, but we had a common denominator in theater, yeah. in the arts, in in producing, in performing. We get it. I mean, we get the well, other things. Sorry, this Shana. is really bizarre because on my way here, and I can't even believe we're talking about this, but, and I called you, Shelly, saying, you know, we're going to really do a great show today because I just had a really good feeling in the air and I felt really good in a good place and really happy because I feel that um, I'm doing what I want to do, but yet because of this show I'm producing, and I, I, I think that we try to get the word out there about whatever it may be, and if it's, a, if it's a lesson to be learned or if it's an empowering of a person or whatever. But I was walking up the stairs, and I, I swear in a holy stack of Bibles this is what happened. I thought, why is this? And we're doing this, and the three of us, and I thought we, my, the thought that went through my head is there's a reason for us, and you know we've all had our ins and outs. I mean, you and I didn't speak for two years. Shelly and I have had sister fights that have gone, you know, whatever, and like all sisters do. So I Not have to me. say, Just kidding. <laughs> no, but I have to say that, you know, we're all here and it's one in one. And I, I feel that everything is meant to be meant to be. And I think the one thing that did bring us together is, and this is very vacant and very superficial, is that we're all very good looking women, but we drew ourselves together. And the second thing is we had kind of a sixth sense of humor that you just get it yeah. and you get a funny line where somebody would say, oh my God, I can't believe she just said that. And they believe your funny line where we know it's just a joke about ourselves or something. And I think that really connected us. I, and plus the fact, I think that the whole thing about we want to produce and we want to do something and we're not, you know, it's also, couch potatoes. It's also very rare to be girlfriends you know with women and then have your husbands be friends and have your kids be friends right i mean that is a very unusual thing but i, I still right. think it goes back to and that to was fun this new year to have all our kids together the same ages right but i still think it goes back to that we were all actresses mm -hmm. and you know there's we something knew the know, industry. We, we knew, knew what, the industry, and it's really it is, tough. I'm grateful for it because it's, it's and it's been really a tough being in a city that's not in the industry, so to speak. Well, it's tough being around people, you know, from modeling and from acting. I do have to say, you are around very creative, productive people, really way out people, but they're artists in their own ways. Whether Wonderful. it's photography or whether it's uh, set design or whether it's your voice teacher, artist or whoever it may be. You're around people, and they're you know some are really quirky quirks, some are really you know drug, sex, rocks and rock and roll. I mean, it's all over the board. And I think by being around all those people, really being really builds a center of groundedness. Yeah, and I also think that we live in a in a society in a world that focuses on the young, 
and to have an appreciation for you know women other women you know i just you know value and appreciate you and see the beauty in you guys you know you know that doesn't happen all the time well know? and i also feel a, a neat thing is i know that I can sit there and say whatever I need to say to either one of you, you two included, Jeff, sometimes. Yeah, Jeff, you're a lockbox <laughs> at the bottom sit, of the ocean. I can sit there and say something, and I'm not being judged. And I know that you guys have, whether it's what I want to hear or whether it's not what I want to hear, it's you have my back and you have my best interest. So, and, and that's, that's a real good safety net to have as a person. But I feel with women today, Again, getting back to this, because I know how difficult it is because you get frustrated. Um, I think any time, no, any time you have a talent, though, any time you have a talent that you are not using, it's really frustrating because it just, it fries in you and you, you're not using it. And you're like, oh my gosh, I, but you don't know how to use it. You don't know where to go and you don't. What, yeah, you don't know but what's maybe, the first but step. Maybe some of our listeners are saying, but wait, what if you don't have a talent? And, you know, for those everybody people, has everybody something. has something. That's right. That's what they said in the Brady Bunch. Remember? Marsha yes. didn't know what her talent. Oh, no, Marsha was really talented. <laughs> yes, she was. But her sister, what was the sister's name? I know you're young, Jeff. I don't Jeff know. Jeff doesn't oh even know what gosh, the Brady the Bunch is. Oh, my gosh, the youngest sister. <laughs> she was always the one with the braces. Yeah, and the, the pigtails. Yeah, and, and, you know, she couldn't find her talent. And I remember Florence Henderson saying I just, everybody has a talent you just have to find it that's right it's like to, finding your purpose purpose and talent same thing you, you look and you say you know what's my purpose on this earth how am i really going to make a difference or should i make a difference what oh same I, thing with the talent i have to tell you guys um i was in a very remote location um in in hockey at a hockey tournament this last weekend oh we know those places <laughs> very glammy um and a woman from the other team came up to me and she said, you know, I listened to your show, and I want to tell right. you that um, last time I listened to the show, you, were, you guys were talking, you girls were talking about having fun. And she said, it just really inspired me because you're right, you know, it's, we don't have enough fun. You know, we're always doing things on schedule. We, you know, we all have a million things to do, and we're always like the hamster on the little wheel, and we don't stop and, and take time to have fun. And so I, I wanted to share that with I you because sure I thought that was pretty cool. I don't take time to have fun. I for sure don't. I, I realized just about myself, I am really a working girl. I'm a task girl. And one of my... It's the Aries in you. Yeah, but well, I, like I, I don't projects. know. You like it's, projects. We like we projects. We like projects. I know, but, but you know what? I want to start having fun. I really right, do. Here was one of mine. I know I shared to all of our listeners one of my... Uh, New Year's resolutions for 2013 was to venture outside my comfort zone. Comfort zone, but also another one which I'll share with you has been not to hurry. Why am I always in a rush? Why am I always late? Why do I schedule like this? Why are things back to back? And I find when I try to be on time and I'm not hurried, hurried on the phone, hurried and you know how fast I can speak. Um I find I'm, I'm much more relaxed and much more centered. And it's a hard thing to do because we try to cram so much in our day, which I think you do, Shell. For sure. With I appointments do. that sure you can't really enjoy your pedicure because you're like, okay, I've got to do, no, I've got to get my hair. Well, you do your pedicure and you do your pedicure because you've got to do oh, your pedicure. Yeah. Instead of sitting there doing saying, your I love this instead moment. Instead of saying, I love this moment, I'm relaxing, I'm having a pedicure. 
you're going, I've got to do a pedicure because i got to get my pedicure, and then next I go, it's, you know, that's why I think I really enjoyed New Year's so much. Me too. Because I, I didn't have any appointments. I didn't have to, and I didn't, we didn't want have to any appointments. We didn't, we didn't have, have to figure out what we were And I could just wear. sit on a chair, and I could just enjoy my kids, and I could laugh. And, you know, one of the things I think, well, another drawing point between the three of us, I think, is laughing because we have, we do have that common denominator for sure, but laughing is... You know, most of the time it's at one another. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> but laughing is such a huge component in life. Um, oh, the more you laugh, the less wrinkles you'll have. Well, I don't know about that, yeah. but certainly the less... I don't know, but you'll feel healthier about yourself. I did read a statistic uh, that said that children laugh an average of 200 times a day. Adults laugh an average of two times a day. You're listening That's to... interesting. The, you're listening to <laughs> webtalkradio.net, and I just want to get on this whole thing since we're talking about this, and I know, Whit, you opened up the show and talked about the Golden Globes. Yeah, and I'll Shelley, thank you, because but wait, we went on, it is on top. We went on to the women, and for those of you that did catch it, I mean, here, once again, leave it to the women to pull through. We've had all these men hosts that have totally flopped, and now we have Tina Fey Love and her. Amy Bo Poehler, Poehler that know. were hysterical. Chicago Second City Girls. Amy Poehler went on to start comedy sports with yep. Sharna Halpern. Tina Fey, Naperville. And Good, and good Girlfriends. The Naperville Girl. Stuck together. But these girls got on stage, and I'm not talking costumes. I'm not talking big gigs and dances and, you know, Broadway. I'm talking about good, pure humor. And they looked glamorous, they looked great, they didn't go to the raw side, they didn't do any off-color jokes, but it was funny. And I thought, I sat there and I watched, I have, I have goosebumps right now, and I thought, these guys, yeah, really they're making it. We're really proud of you girls, that was good. They that were making really good. it. And you know, they talked about things everyone could relate to, like when they said, and Anne Hathaway being in Les Miserables, I have never seen anybody stand by herself and go through and endure all of this by yourself, except when you did the, when she hosted the, <laughs> Academy, Award. the Academy Awards with whoever it was. No, not Hugh Jackman. Um, the guy that cut his arm off. Oh, 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 yeah. Frank, uh, Frank, Frank, yeah. James Franco. James Franco. James Franco. But oh, that, that one you knew. You didn't know the Brady reference. But that was Jen Brady. But that was hysterical. Jan Brady. That's Jan what it Brady. Was. Right. The Brady bunch. Good job. But um, I have to say that was really funny, and I do have to say Hollywood. Now the ladies have finally, they're Arrived. finally getting it. The fashion instead of, remember how terrible it used to be? Mm -hmm. And now at least they're getting really couture, they're looking great, they're getting great hair, they're really pulling but it together. You know, here again, I go, I go back to this with women, and here you have Amy and you have Tina, and you know, there is a new arrival, and yes. we are right on the cusp. Yes. You know, you don't have to be 21 years old anymore. So for here, all of here, yeah, hello, about time. Coca-Cola I mean, cheers to that. Yeah, yes. we are going to be living for a long Triple time latte. to all of the baby boomer generation and women out there. We have had children. We are raising children. We will have raised we children. Strong. Yeah, we and, are and you know, you can really get get it together. And, you know, but I love that we have a lesson because we've kind of been through it. Me... Right now, being 50, I am loving being in my 50s.
because I feel like I learned so much, I know so much, I felt the pain, I felt the sorrow, and I feel like I, I have judging. a lesson. To, I'm not judging, and I have a lesson to give. And not caring about what However, other people I think. However, I do have to. Just I doing do. your own, being your own, you know, being yeah, your but all. But you know what? In your 20s is all about me. Then when you get to be 30, you're still kind of on the cusp of all about me. You settle no, down, but you start splitting. It's about him. Yeah, it's about him. Your Isn't it always about him? About, it's about them. Oh, yeah. wait, you know what that means? Yeah. I have to say pussy three times because, you know, it's for Jerry, pussy, pussy, pussy. Okay, yeah. It's all about him. Oh, wait, let me tell you another But then when you get awakening. into your 40s, you start, you start evolving. And then when you're in your 50s, you, you stop judging people and you start, start saying, living. you know what, that's okay. If he's going to be a jerk that's or he's going to be like this, that's their problem. It's okay. Well, I have to tell you a funny story because I read over uh, in December last year, loved saying that, um, was um, how to create an exceptional life. And in the book, and so I'm reading this to my daughter because I always feel like I'm passing, I can pass on a message, which I wish my mother would have passed on to me. But it's, you're supposed to get up every day like, oh, thank you, bed, for giving me the most wonderful night's sleep. I do. Oh, thank you, shower, for making me feel so fresh and clean for the day. And it goes through all these things about thanking. So I get to about the 15th thank about, thank you, tree, for waving your beautiful leaves in front of me. And Knox, my son Knox and Meredith both look at one another, and they go, whoa, Mom, if these are the books that you're reading and is this the lesson that you're supposed to be giving me, we've got a lot to talk about. But you know, that's so funny that <laughs> oh, you would it's say about that. gratitude. But, but that's so funny it's that you would gratitude. say that because I, that's what I feel the schools should be doing. I hate to say it. That's right. Why are we doing physics? Why are we, I mean, yes, for there are those students that no, I think really it's, it's loves all, to study physics, but why not some it, of these human courses? But that's part of courses? why we've gotten so darn competitive and... You know, being able to be grateful for the simple pleasures, simple. you know, I, I think is a, a step that, okay, we don't have to uh, pray at the beginning of the school day. We don't have to say the, you know, pledge allegiance at the beginning of the school day. But I do think that there should be a gratitude moment for. Yes. For something, I think that's a great idea because well, why don't the girls you know, start it? I mean, when I when I was little, you know, you went gratitude. to church every day before school. Um, I did that. We you know, did my too. sister. Oh, it. happy birthday, Heather! My baby happy sister. Happy birthday, Heather! Yeah, um, she does a cool thing. The kids on Sunday, they can either go to church or they can go to family yoga. I love it. Ooh, how cool that is that? That is very cool. And I, like I thought. That. Oh, that's such a great that idea. That is a fabulous Kind idea. of along the same thing of, you know, internalizing, of meditating and being grateful. Internalizing and, and meditating and sending very positive forces out. I love that I idea. I thought that was a terrific idea. Well, can I just get back to the Golden Globes really yeah. quickly? Yeah, I'm sorry. <laughs> I, yeah. I'm sorry because I, I don't know. I could, li I could dwell on this, but go but ahead. I, and, and we will probably every show kind of get a little gratitude. But I have to say... I felt there were so many moments, at least watching it, I felt, I, I, for the thing that I just said about Tina and Amy, you know, the, the sisterhood and, you know, just bouncing off one another and making it natural and fun. And then one of the tables had uh, Robert Downey Jr. I love him. And you, we all know the trials and tribulations he's gone through yes, with his yes, American tremendous. Airlines, as yes. Whitney would say, the would AA they, program. Yes, and also he was God sitting right him. next to Mel Gibson. God now, bless him. Now, this is the first Who's time. new to AA. 
Yes, he's new to AA, and he. But he looks like he was totally stoned. It's the, the first time that he show, came out from um, after his anti-Semitic remark. This was the first time publicly he was there, and it was said that they sat together to give each other support. Good. Through their American Airlines AA system. Say, can't we just say AA? I know, but it's a funny. Okay. <laughs> so you've got to laugh every once in a while. I know, well, but sister. I mean, you know, because See, this we're is trying... what happens. I get around these serious subjects. No, and no, she's are not really... supposed to say AA, but we're saying it. But oh, we're saying okay. it. Okay, so teaching. anyway. We're teaching. So um, they were sitting together, and I, I thought that was kind of a neat thing, that they were together and going through this together. So it was a brotherhood type of thing. And then now you had the moment of Jodie Foster. Well, that's what I wanted to talk about. Going up, and Jodie Foster, meanwhile, looking stellar. I thought her hair Absolutely looked great. spectacular. And she had the um, award given lifetime achievement you're, award. You're taking the story. I no, no, no. I'm going to let you go. I'm going to let you go on it. But I just want to say, <laughs> I'm going to let you hit on the topic of it. But I thought it was blah, blah, blah. Blah, blah, blah. Go on and what her point was, because it was a little bit long, well, and I wanted thing. to say... I, she won the Cecil B. DeMille Award for Correct. a Lifetime Body of Work, Lifetime right. Achievement Award. And she's young for winning that. She's, you know, 50 years old, and that's pretty remarkable Most to, time be only, 70. to be only 50 and to have 47 years of, of work in the industry. Um, there were so many... I was sitting there writing out invitations, so I wasn't, again, take, I wasn't appreciating as much as I'd like to. Um, my boys were, you know, watching, you know, some sport thing um, on another TV and another channel, and I could hear them. They, you know, and I said, "Come in here and come in here." You know, I want you to see, you know, Alicia, Christian Foster, Jody, and you know, my boys were like, "I said, first of all, oh, getting back to the red carpet stuff." I'm like, "Who did you think was the prettiest?" And very interesting, they, the the prettiest woman they thought, oh, sorry, was. Um, <laughs> You know, the young, the gal from, she won American Idol, now she's written a million songs. Kelly Clarkson? Not Kelly Clarkson. Uh, blonde, Taylor Swift. Oh, oh well, they she all is beautiful. Love Taylor, Taylor Swift. Swift is beautiful. But they, they thought that all the other girls were too too skinny, and us uh, and Siegfried, uh, Amanda Siegfried. I love Amanda. Um, all the other girls, they thought, amazing. all the other girls, they thought were like, ooh, yeah. I was like, oh, that's Speaking great. Of, but, but wait, let's get back to... Jody. Jody. So I'm writing and I'm listening to her and I'm thinking this is the most bipolar speech I've ever heard. Blah, blah, blah. It was like a stream of consciousness. And I thought, and I said, oh, she's probably going to, you know, say she's gay. And just in a laughing, in a laughing kind of way. And, but we've all known that she's gay, but so, you know, so what? Uh, She's been muff diving for a I, long I, time. <laughs> I remember seeing her, you know, in New York in the early 80s um, when she was going to Yale. She was and, muff diving at Harvard and Yale. But who cares? The, my point is, you know, all of a sudden I realized, like, this woman who is so used to speaking in public and so used to being in public, she's trying to say something and she's trying to get it across in her way. That's and right. there were, like, several different dynamics going on. Um, and I, I, by the end of it, I, I mean, I was crying my eyes out. And I thought, whoa, what did I just see here? You know, I mean, what did I just see here? You know, first of all, I think she was extraordinarily nervous, but I think she was Very hard for her primarily to trying to make the point that you make great personal sacrifices 
being a person in the public eye. Absolutely, you do. And that she want her, that privacy is something that she craves. You know, Huge. and I even crave. with the whole, you know, the John Hinckley thing, and you know, stalking her. And I mean, I think that was one point that was really important to her to make. I also felt like she wanted to make the public coming out speech, but she refused to say, I'm gay. gay. I, she refused to say, and what she did say was, why well... why does she have to do that anyhow? Exactly. Because she needed to do it for her own inner self. No, because I'm sure a million people around her were saying, you're getting this Lifetime Achievement Award. Oh, use it so as a platform. Use it as a platform. But her publicist, I understood, did not want her to do it. And her publicist was so nervous. Well, I, I, what I, and I, my sense of it was that she understood on the one hand why it would be an important platform for her to come out and do that, but on the other hand, she's you know been in the public eye since she was two, and she didn't want to do it. And well, you know, I, I no, thought I that was. She, I think she wanted to do it. I think this was something that was. Well, she never said she was gay. She she never said. No, that. but I, I think she... it was her own words. I, I think what happened was what. At least this is what my take was. I felt that she was extremely nervous, and I kept thinking, "You can do it, Jody." That's how my feeling was. You could do it. You can do it. Whatever you have to say. And I don't think she wanted to use the words "I'm gay." I think at the very end, if you said, she said, and I have to say, and she said it so eloquently about her lifetime partner that has been through all of this. I just felt bad that she felt she even had to say she was gay. Like, I felt like, did she really want to do that? I think and then she, when she said, what? So then I come, I, then I get a fragrance, you know, we, I do a press conference and then I get a fragrance, then I do a reality show, you know, because reality shows aren't real as we know. I, I felt that there was a lot of pain in that. And then I put down what I was writing and I and I was like really engaged. Engaged and I was feeling like so bad for her because instead of getting she was up kind there, of for a instead while. of getting up there and like you know, take you know, just taking her award for her work, which is incredible. It was like But you know what? I I'll think tell she you wanted to relieve I think she wanted to purge it. I think she thought, okay, now's the time. I haven't said it publicly through all my whole life, she knows she's been a lesbian, and now she wants to do... I mean, she has but children she, with this yes, woman. She does, but first of all, receiving a Lifetime Award, I think... I, first of all, I think anytime you're standing up and you're really speaking from your heart, which I'm sure she did. I didn't see it, but I'm sure she did because she is a Oscar winner, and she's very, very talented. But when she's speaking from her heart... She was probably filled with so much emotion, mm -hmm. just oh, receiving yeah. a Lifetime Achievement mm -hmm. Award for her work, but also at the same time knowing everything that went into that Lifetime Achievement Award. Absolutely. And, Great and, point. And the fact that she had had romantic scenes with men, and now and, and that they still accepted her in Hollywood. And you know, to be able to have a partner, and then to go through, okay, how are we going to end up having children? Yeah, How are two I, she, women going to have children? And, go, like and she was one of the leaders on that. Yeah, I definitely felt like she was, you know, taking a, a mile of emotion and threading it through a tiny well, hole of a I needle. I mean, here, yeah. here, but here's the analogy. moment of a great actress, yeah. you know, because she truly spoke she also said from a about, real truthful place. She also said about Mel, you know, um, you think I saved you, but you're here saving me. I don't know if you Oh, that's right. And, she, and, and Mel that. Gibson was, was there. That? 
because she, you know, when they did um, the movie, not, not to, I want to say Ted, but The Beaver. <laughs> Thank you. Oh. Yeah. The Beaver. Um, no, you know what? I know what she wants to say. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> Everyone has to have a piece of hair pie every uh, once in a while. Um, <laughs> you know, she really got him, you know, like, said, look, I, I genuinely care about you, you know, right. and got him clean and sober and got they're him through that friends. movie. And they're, and he was there to support her. And he was there to support her. And she also, you know, her mother, who they had just a stormy, you know, she's had a stormy relationship with her mother, who was her manager. What did she say about her parents? Uh, well, her mother um, has dementia. And so she... Um, you know, she said that, you know, as a mom, you know, you should know, you know, with grace and joy that you did good in this life. And I thought, as a mother, that's when I really started losing it because I thought, oh, my gosh, you know, I mean. So she forgave her mother for all of the. Yeah, yeah. It was, it you was. Know, a, I mean, you can imagine, though, just as her mother, you know, her mother having to go through those. I mean, I know with my own mother and what I go through in my own life well, and her what mother Shauna always told her just as your mother just as my mother told me you know it's not gonna last forever you're not gonna be the prettiest girl in the room forever you know that's right when you do have some success you know it was like you couldn't your really won't take you right, everywhere you couldn't fully enjoy it because it was like well it's not gonna be forever it's not gonna last forever well, so think, what are you gonna do I mean we can get on a whole it's like a hard on but that's <laughs> what her mother did with her and here she is you know 47 years later you know, I mean, we can, a we can get a whole conversation award. about mothers because I think all of us, the girlfriends and women our age, are in a really in a real juxtaposition between what their mothers believed, and we're kind of there, but yet we're doing breakthroughs on what really we believe and what women are no longer going to tolerate, or we're trying to live our own truth, and it, it's somewhat different than a lot of our mother's truths who were just like go with it stay with it everything is fine what's well, a different way of thinking it's a it's whole a, different way and of you know what that of is values and, and i'm sure system. that with jody foster's mom i mean i don't know but i'm sure that that was you know because you always care about what your mother thinks or what your father thinks so to break those you know to break those uh what's the word i'm looking for the bond of to break the bond and just to and break be yourself and to be and to live your own truth which she to break the umbilical cord to cut the umbilical cord from your parents which is what she was doing when she was right. speaking that's why you were moved by what it what is that she was Japanese story uh, where the you eat boy, pie you get some hair on your teeth no the boy <laughs> is attached to his mother's apron strings and he gets one day he says I don't you know he breaks away and the the, the apron string breaks and he runs to the top of the mountain and he slips over and you know he, as he's falling down thinking he's gonna die he gets caught and the apron string helped him get caught that that even if you're not attached to your mother the greatest heroes the greatest people are people who love their mother it's it's right. a Japanese folktale okay moving on you're listening to <laughs> i don't know any lesbian folktales so. but on another key of emotions and all this drawing what's really driving me today is this whole thing with lance armstrong oh my god I, you know what shauna i can't wait to see i know i told I you we were it. sisters we're not blood sisters but we have always i want to this man this man is a liar he's committed a felon he's committed a fraud right. 
And you know what? And you Oprah won, was very You won seven times. You won seven times. You took $25, $30 million from the United States Post Office to support your team, $35 million. Well, this is the whole thing. They have had the interview with Oprah. She did a two-and-a-half-hour interview with him. When does it, is it, it is, it'll be on her network. I have it taped if you want to see it. It's going to be on coming up this Thursday night. They're airing it on television. Originally, as you know, a 90-minute set on TV, it's only 65 minutes. Because of commercials. Because of commercials. So, so the content is... The two-and-a-half hours that they did supposedly were so emotionally exhausting after the first hour and 20 minutes, they took a break, and Lance turned to Oprah and said, "Are we ever gonna? Are we? Are you ever gonna loosen up a little bit? You know, as in because it was so intense. She had 120 questions. She read all the books. She did so much research. She prepared for this because he went to Oprah instead of going to any of the other people because he, well, they, his publicist and all the people, his handlers behind him felt that." she would probably not go as deep and as hard. If I was his lawyer, there's no way I would have let him do this. No way. Why would you they, get, go and, it, and it just to get, and, you know... And work it all up? Because when he's not going to be completely truthful. I mean, the, the PR, his PR people, I'm sure, wanted him to go to Oprah and get absolution and make a confession. Sure. But as a, his lawyers must be going, what are you thinking? He wasn't, he wasn't, and why of all people who is selfish, so, selfish, she's so evolved, Oprah is so evolved, why would you go to Oprah? Because she, you know that she's going to be able to... No, because Oprah, if Oprah absolves you, then the world absolves but, but no, you. No, that's the why. fact of the matter she, is, Oprah's not going to absolve anybody unless they're living oh, their he's truth. He's naive, All isn't right, he? And no, he was naive. Exactly. You guys don't know even the outcome. This was a tremendous interview. So when you say that, you're, you're no, not speaking yeah. from the truth. Well, I heard that Oprah was very disappointed. It was on the news today. She sent him an email. Oprah sent him an email. And he said he wasn't ready to even meet with her or whatever, blah, blah, blah. But he would be in Hawaii over the holidays. And Oprah said, funny, because I'm going to be in Hawaii over the holidays. She then emailed him again, and he said, I'm not really ready, but maybe I've got so many people in the house, blah, blah, blah. So she stayed over two extra days. I got my 12 kids from my five different wives and girlfriends. So they, had, they stayed over two extra days in Maui, and... Oprah cleared her house out. He came over, and they sat down, and they conducted this interview. And this is what she said. Now, she didn't want to reveal anything on any of the newscast programs because she wants people to watch the show. Well, also, I'm sure she promised she wouldn't before the show. But she said it was an extremely emotional interview, and she felt that he was thoughtful, serious, he was so prepared. She said, I've never sat with anyone where I've rifled out questions. And he was so prepared, and he came. He met the moment, and he was so forthcoming. Now, whether he actually sat down and admitted, yes, you know, I'm the biggest and most fastest-running doper situation. I mean, he, he was to the point where he had emails and threat life threatenings coming in saying because of these bikers that didn't want to be doped, he was forcing them to be doped, which I find really... So that his team would win. But that's, that's right. not... Okay, I, I don't know. That's not what I heard that Oprah had said. Well, I think she was disappointed because right. he came in 
so prepared that they never got to that whole... Never got to the truth. The whole confession. I don't know if they didn't get to the truth. I mean, he admitted, but it wasn't like saying... Shelly's saying truth in terms of verisimilitude, like truth in terms of really bearing your soul. Well, and she's used to to having someone come in and cry and say, you know, asking for forgiveness. Well, he didn't go there. And, you know, a lot of it is because he's a man. He didn't go there. Now, the one person did say, was he contrite? And she wouldn't come and say. She said, I'm not going to use that word. I didn't feel that way about him. He was serious. He was thoughtful. He was... Well, that'll be interesting to see. We'll have to follow up with that. But the great thing is that they're now, they're going to use the whole two and a half hour because they're going to do two nights on it. So we have to watch it. it I just, you know, you you lie that that long for that many years. You know, I want to see what he has to say. You know, the sad part, let's face it, the sad part of this whole thing is that whole Live Strong organization is just down, you know, down the tubes. Millions and millions and millions of dollars towards cancer research gone because this man was just a total liar. So we've got a liar, a gay. <laughs> no. So we've covered it all. No, back to my Jodie Foster. I, I, honest to God, when she said about. And I thought this was wonderful. Her life partner, they're no longer life partners, but they're partners in business yes. and partners in family. My and long-standing. Her yes. long, and that how, you know, she just wants to, like, step away from acting and not have to do that and be in the public eye. But that she's really, that what she wishes for herself, and I thought, God bless you for putting that out into the universe, was to not be so lonely. And I thought, I wish I was gay, Jodie Foster. I'll be your friend. Yeah, I was the same way. I was like, I like you. I mean, listen, I want her to come back. I want her to come back and something will. She'll do something absolutely fantastic. No, the woman has an amazing production company. She doesn't need to act. She just... She wants to yeah, direct but she, no, so in her blood. Good. But she wants privacy. She doesn't want to be lonely, and she wants privacy. And, you know, her boys were sitting there all smiley and supportive. And, you know, I just, I felt just my heart broke for her. I just felt, Well, you know, but that's what's, made, that. that's what's made her such a great actress. It's funny that you took that we saw the same thing, and you took it as you felt so sorry for it. And after she was, all was said and done, I felt very relieved no, for her. No, it was a bucket of emotions. I me. thought it was a purging of just, I, I felt, felt she felt like relieved. She had, I felt like I was sitting in an AA meeting, I have to tell you, and you hear well, the same kind of stream of, of consciousness, those. the same kind of purges, and I'm sure it was very cleansing for her, yes. but as an audience, we don't, I, you know, most people didn't, don't even know what she was talking about, and, and that rawness, I just Ooh, I so felt so bad for her. I just really wanted to mm-hmm. like go. It's gonna be okay, you know. You're great. It's okay. You know? It's the girlfriends on webtalkradio.net, and we're gonna close on that note today. Um, again, live your truth. I think our message today in today's show is to really live your truth, and sometimes that can be. It takes a long time sometimes to get to really living your truth, and it can be a very difficult journey. Um, again, on that journey with all of you. I am definitely myself on that journey. I have learned a lot just in the last week that I didn't know. I've learned a lot today. And I've learned a lot today. So I'm out there on that journey. Um, and there's a lot of layers that have to be unraveled and unfolded, I think, in all of us. So think of yourself like an onion and just peel. <laughs> And just oh, that feels really good. <laughs> live your truth and live wow. it with joy. We Working love you. It. Thanks for tuning in. We'll see you next week. Bye. Bye bye.